Hello, Governor, the only podcast that doubles as a safe space. Hello and welcome to another episode of El Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And I apologize straight up front. I'm I'm sick, as you guys could tell from the sound of my voice and how clogged it and how um and how nasally it sounds more so than usual. Well, it's allergy season, and uh, yeah, I apologize for that. But I kind of had to do this had to do this podcast because. I know a lot of people are gonna were gonna be asking me about what I thought about the Venom trailer anyway, so I'll just say it right now. It looks like a complete pile of shit. It looks awful. Yeah, the Venom trailer does look generic as all hell. The Power Ra- the Power Rangers movie looks more f- fun than this, and that movie was awful. That it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things when you sit down and basically, um, my first reaction after watching it, I, f- I felt like, well, okay, so it's a movie that we essentially, it's, it, it looks like and sounds like and feels like a generic action film, but we have to put a recognizable big property brand, and we went, oh, we have the rights for, it. we've got the rights for Venom, but it's, okay, let's do something. You know what really annoys me about the whole trailer as well. What? Is that they actually had to take origin parts of Venom origin stories from the Flash Flash Thompson version of Venom? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and as a, and as an Eddie Brock fan, as as a guy who grew up in the '90s with Eddie Brock, I will have to say, "Fuck you, Sony." <laughs> I mean, it's just like I don't mind the Flash Thompson stuff, but if we are going to do the Flash Thompson stuff, I'd rather see Flash Thompson as Venom. I know, and, but it's like, it's it's such a slap in the face for people who grew up with Venom, like myself in the 90s. And and I'm not gonna lie, would I have liked to see Venom done right at some point? Yeah. I mean, I kind of figured when, once Marvel got the rights to the Spider-Man stuff, I kind of hoped that they would have at least had Venom show up in, like, one of the movies. I kind of want to see him done right. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. Well, the Eddie, Eddie Brock incarnation, anyway. And, and just seeing this, and just how generic and fucking... Dull it looks really annoys me, really fucking annoys me. And and what's worse is that because it's the Eddie Brock version of Venom, you know the version that that has the most history with Peter Parker, and Peter Parker is nowhere to be seen. It's it's insulting. We're not gonna get, we're not gonna get, um, we're not gonna get Spider Man. We're not gonna get any of the actors from the MCU films turning up this film. This film just primarily getting made because Sony, uh, bless bless Sony for this, are trying to just get make one franchise work so they can get some money. I I hope to God that this movie fucking flops and, and just and just kills their fucking movie division because I'm tired of that fucking movie division. That movie division needs to die. I'm sorry. I know that I I know it's a dumb thing to say to wish failure on on um on any franchise or any form of media but fuck fuck sony man they have not learned their lesson and i'm getting sick of it i really am getting so sick of this shit i mean you try to be support supported towards um studios and stuff like that to make these these films and you want them to exceed at the end of the day but at the same time you make a bad if you make a bad film you make a bad film and it will 
impact your studio to non-extent. We, I mean, it started way back in 2016 with Ghostbusters. They didn't learn their lesson from that, and then last year it was the Emoji movie. They didn't learn their lesson from that, and now this year it's Venom. Like, how many more chances is this fucking studio going to get before someone shuts them down? <clears throat> I'm actually curious to find out how, what is the budget for this film. It looks cheap. It looks really cheap. Oh, and 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 have you noticed that the scene where they um where they're taking out the symbiote from the truck, it looks yeah. unfinished. The CGI oh, God, looks yeah. un- unfinished for that. What's going to happen is basically, oh my God, it would mean apparently according to a Sony Pictures um, press statement, apparently it's supposed to be intended to be the first Sony in the first film in Sony's Marvel Universe adjusts to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has been done by Marvel Studios. And guess who's um, guess who's tied to the project? Amy Pascal. Avi Arad. Oh my god, that motherfucker's still around. <laughs> Avi Arad and Amy Pascal, yeah, you're correct on both 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 terms. But yeah, Avi Arad is got top producer credit for this film. Even though Marvel Studios want to get rid of this guy for how many years now? They pretty much put him out of business once, uh, once, once they did once in two thousand eight, in two thousand eight with Iron Man. <clears throat> yeah, they want to get rid of this guy for years. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying like he didn't. I mean, he pretty much did create the whole shared universe thing with X Men. I mean, he did a wonderful job with those with those movies, but Marvel just did it better. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was he was the CEO. He was CEO. Oh dear! No, yeah, just 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 yeah. keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, basically, he was the founder of Marvel Studios. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it's like he. I mean, because he's a guy who's originally come from toys, and I know exactly his mentality behind this. He has always, always wanted to get a Venom franchise off the ground so he can sell Venom toys because he knows for a fact when you make a Venom property, you can. Sell those toys. I know he's one and of the most merchandise-driven characters of all time. He's way more popular than Spider-Man just, in terms of toy sales. Yeah, I mean, it just oh, it, it annoys me this film when I just watch it because you know what's going to happen. This is just a teaser trailer. You know what's going to happen when, when when we get the full trailer? There, he's going to get shoved down our throats. Well, it is going to get shoved down our throat, but I guarantee you, it's going to be more generic action scenes. You're probably going to have we're going to see the bad guy. And then maybe we'll get that one shot, that one tiny shot, which is going to be unfinished, of a CGI Venom. And and I, I just feel, um, another thing that really bugged me about this whole thing is, is it, and have you noticed this? Does it, does it feel a lot very similar to another movie that came out uh, way back in the 90s? Oh, do tell. Star, uh, it feels similar to a movie I remember watching as a kid with Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Oh. Yep, it's The Fugitive. Yeah, that's what a lot of people have been saying. I've I've heard that comparison quite a bit. Um, it, it it legit feels like they they wanted to make like a few. They had like a fugitive remake script lying around somewhere, and then they just said, "Okay, fuck it, just just throw in change the names of the characters, add in some fucking sci fi bullshit, and we got ourselves a Venom movie." Like this is I mean, what it, this is what it feels like, and it wouldn't shock me if that was the case. That's you know when this film's in trouble when principal photography began in October 2017 and they are planning to release this less than a year later. It looks right. No. They they Tom Hardy looks like uh if you look at him on the set photos, 
he looks like he was there doing um doing entire scenes in the span of a week. Like he legit looks like he was there for an entire week and they were just rushing production as fast as they fucking could with Maybe. with all with all the scenes he was in. This is the thing I don't understand about Tom Hardy. He turned down Suicide Squad, but he, he but he's doing this film. Well, I mean, he he was in um, what was it? He was in that fucking uh, CBBC show where he reads bedtime stories. Well, that is true, but again, the, he's he's done that five times. I mean, it's just so weird because uh, Tom Hardy is pretty much like Richard Gere, where Richard Gere is one of those actors who you would think is, should be well respected, but he isn't when you look when you actually look at his filmography. Because if you look at Richard Richard Gere's, Richard Gere's uh, filmography, you'll notice like a, a a lot of really top end great dramas and a lot of bullshit romantic comedies thrown in there, and it just it's 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 a mess. And that's pretty much Richard Gere syndrome. Like he suffers from Richard Gere syndrome. Oh god, that's what I mean. It's like this way. I know everyone's not talking about it, but. Again, the director, I think he's is um, Rupert um, Fisher. I have you, you know no I mean? idea who that is. Oh, he's probably again. He's a director who's best known for doing Zombieland. Oh boy, that was his first big time film. But after Zombieland, he hasn't. What's the word I'm looking for? He hasn't done shit. Yeah, and if he did, it wasn't like huge critical except. I mean, the only thing I can think of he did after Zombieland was it, it was Gangster Squad or something like that. Oh, that was awful. Thinking, that was a yeah. fucking awful movie. Yeah, I remember he did that film, but apart from that, he really hasn't done anything. But I know he's been in television as well. He's been in television a lot. Oh, was it? I think he was it. He directed. Um, I think he started out doing Jimmy Kimmel originally. That's that's Stuff. kind of the that's kind of the perfect guy you want to you want to record your you want to direct your entire superhero franchise, right? You know, a guy who does who's done late night work. Yeah, that's that's perfect, right there. <laughs> I mean, just looking at what he's done, and basically, apart from Zombieland, it's just not great. So and, you and, it, and it's and it's funny you mentioned Zombieland because I remember when Zombieland first came out, everyone said that it was really good and they had hoped it was going to be like a, a the next big budget franchise. But then a year later, it just died. Yeah. Like the only thing that they they tried getting a TV series off the ground, but they couldn't get any of the actors back, so they replaced all the actors and they shot a terrible pilot for Amazon that was so terrible they didn't even air it that you can find on torrents now. If you yeah. look hard enough, you can find the Zombieland uh, torrent um, torrent pilot on uh, on on BitTorrent or something like that. Yeah. What do I mean? It's like what is it as well? This film also has four writers for it, four screenplay writers. You yeah. know when it's bad when you have to bring in four different people to rewrite the script. Yeah. And I mean, uh, not it. not four writers, four people rewrote the script because that's yeah, what written by means these days. Yeah, what I mean, it's like, give you an idea. Um, again, the first guy they got in, fair enough. Like, I'm looking at what he's done. He's done stuff like, oh, dear God, um, okay, right, not too great. Um, he's done stuff like Conair, Armageddon, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, he was uncredited when he did the first Spider-Man film with Sam Rainey. Oh, God, he works on the Life on Mars U um, US TV show. Oh, so God, yeah. bottom of the fucking barrel quality entertainment right there. <laughs> well, that's interesting. His first ever job was working on uh, Tales from the Crypt. So, eh, go figure. Um, 
And then the second guy they brought in, um, who is actually... Right, okay, this does explain a lot now, how they managed to get her into the film. You remember they cast uh, Michelle Williams in this film? Yeah. Who's being nominated for a comedy award. She's actually been given a writer's... She... No, wait, no, wait, I clicked on the wrong thing. I do apologise. Jeff... Yeah, here we go. Jeff Pinkton was the other guy that works in there. I'm looking up his... Brocarry, what he's done. He's done... Um, Oh, God, yeah. Oh, he was the screenplay writer for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Another Sony Tower. classic. <laughs> and Dark Tower. Two more the- Sony classics. <laughs> and the next one... Um, okay, that that's my, my mind already. Uh, works on Fifty Shades of Grey. Quality fucking writers. <laughs> and the last person they probably brought in... Oh, he worked on Gangster Squad. and And the upcoming Aquaman film as well. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's so, sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, four different writers from all very large range of different backgrounds. This is not going to be a clusterfuck. Well, I mean, the the Power Rangers movie originally had like six writers as well, so... <laughs> well, was it? A Mar- was it? Super Mario Bros. film had like six writers as well, if I'm not mistaken. But again, that was more of a controversy issue with finding something to do with, with the film actors skill but that's like the point but um i don't know i really don't know what's going on i, I uh, think i mean because because you look at the, these people i don't think any of them wrote the script i think just some of them like wrote rough drafts and they just kept changing it and they just, just, just rushed the production and i think they just rushed production because everything about this screams rush production we got to get this movie out you know during the fall we gotta get it made. We gotta get it made. We gotta get it made. And also, as well, when I mean, you notice it as well, they um, all the past writers, well, two of the past writers of this film, also originally worked on the previous two Spider-Man films, at least in some sort of form or capacity. You know, I think they just got them on there because they just said, "Look, uh, it's going to be handled by people, by people who know what they're talking about, who know the yeah. who know the source material." <laughs> Which is hilarious because I just hope they don't they don't shove carnage into the film. Oh, they will. If if they're if they're planning on selling toys, Venom needs someone to fight, and it's going to be carnage. Yeah. And they and they already said they want they want to go for a hard R rating. So they and they wouldn't do that with Venom. So they have to they have to bring in carnage if they're yeah. going to do hard R. That will mean I don't. No way, I can't see them. Well. They're not going to get Tom Holland to appear as Spider-Man. That's, oh, that, I, I think that's just a bullshit rumor. I think they just got him in there to create some sort of fucking buzz. Or I think well, he was just there to visit Tom Hardy because he's a friend of his or something. They've probably blatantly done that on purpose. Because he would not show up to to this unless he was like friends with, with uh, Tom Hardy and he just wanted to say hi. He, also, apparently he's really good friends with um, the guy who played the Punisher as well. Uh, which one? Um, the the current TV show. I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> I can't remember him either, but he, he seemed like a nice guy. And also, he's a good friend with Chris Hemsworth. That's how he ended up getting a casting interview because he was in. Um, I think he was in a film with him. I can't remember what it's called, but I think it was something to do with the ocean. If I'm not mistaken. Um, I I think um, I think yeah, he was just there to create like publicity. Like they were just like, oh, you know, Tom Holland was on set and and yada yada yada. And it just 
they do this a lot. Like they 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 do this a lot. They they think this is clever. Like where they, where Hollywood thinks it's fucking clever to create buzz by having like a, a well known actor show up to it on 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 set to create some sort of buzz. I know they did this with Force uh, with uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, where they had like Mark Hamill in Force Awakens. Like there were rumors that he was like he w- he shot a scene with Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, which was not the case. A lot of people were. A lot of news tablets reported that. Um, oh no, uh, Mark Hamill was spotted on set on uh, Force Awakens. He's totally going to be in it. It's going to be a cameo, and it's going to be like he's going to. He shot a scene with um, with Carrie Fisher and and, and Han Solo and uh, Harrison Ford, but that wasn't the case. And there were rumors of um, of Hayden Christensen so showing up for um, for Force Aw- for for. Um, for Last Jedi, which again was complete false. Like you know, if these actors did, if these actors did show up, it would it would have just been like for for fucking publicity, just create some sort of fucking fake buzz. At this point, I again I didn't have any hope for this film to begin with in the first place, and I still will not have any hope for this film to begin with in the first place. So. Yeah, I really don't think it's going to make its money. I don't think it's going to perform. I think it's going to underperform really, really, really badly. And it will just bomb massively. Will this be this? I'm hoping that this will be the final nail in the, co- nail in the coffin for Sony as a movie division because they've been pumping out turds left and right <laughs> recently. Yeah. And, and it just needs to stop. Like as much as I don't want Disney to buy them out completely because I don't want every Disney owning every fucking media media outlet, but at this point I'm like, yeah, fuck it, just buy them out. And I said this on Facebook: if if Disney does not buy uh, Sony's movie division by the beginning of next year, I would be shocked. I would be completely shocked if they didn't, because they're on their fucking deathbed. They're on their I mean, fucking I, deathbed. I think the writing was very early on in the walls with them when they had that Sony hack, and I think it pretty much pushed it even further with the massive flop that was the Ghostbusters reboot. They had Ghostbusters, the Emoji movie, the Dark Tower, oh, and and this year we're gonna get Venom. Like, how many more shitty <laughs> movies are they are they gonna shit out? Are they, are they gonna shit out before they fucking die? You know. <laughs> I mean, it's just when you look at the box office profits from these films as well, you're thinking, well, no way that has, they didn't make money. And then there's proven time and time again that these films do not make money and they still get you made. And it's just, so you sit there and you're just like, okay, why on earth is this not working? And the only reason why, for instance, the 2016, was it, was it 2016 that first question film yeah, came out? Yeah, 2016. Yeah. The only reason why that has a good score of Rotten Tomatoes because they didn't want because there was a whole feminine gender movement on that one, and we're not going to get into that. But but my point is, it's just that it, they just need to realise that they need to stop forcing these properties out and stop trying to create the universes. I guarantee you, when this film comes out, we are going to get a re- reference to Silver Saber and Black Hat in the film. Because they want to do that film next. Oh, I know they want to do that film next. Because I, because from what I hear, they're trying to shove that that movie out as fast as they can as well. Yeah, 
oh god, Amy Pascal wants to get that film off the ground because again, it from the Sony links, she wants a bunch of female. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying she wants more leading roles for women in the film film world. Fair enough, that's cool. But yeah, but but time, the problem with her is like when you read those emails, it's such a condescending fucking attitude she has yeah, towards exactly, the yeah. towards the entire industry, and I'm like, okay, who the fuck are you? To tell the industry what to do, okay? Like, who the fuck are you, okay? I'm sorry, but it's like, it's such a condescending attitude where she's just bitching and moaning about, oh, I want, I want my own female Ghostbusters. I want my own female this, female that. I'm like, okay, then why can't you create your own fucking IPs? Why do you have to, like, find dig the bottom of the fucking barrel to find any female character and shove her into a goddamn movie. Fuck you, Pascal. Money. That's why. Yeah, it's just... Oh, I, I just hate Pascal so much, and the fact that she was a fucking part of their dumb deal with, with Marvel is that she still stays on as, as producer on the Spider-Man movies just pisses me off so fucking much. What I mean, they got rid of basically the reason how they managed to get around that is basically by making Avril Lavigne the sacrificial goat for Marvel Studios. Basically, oh, we do it, but we don't want Avril Lavigne. Okay, that's fine, but we want a produce one of our producers on it. Will you have Amy Pascal? I mean, it was was it? It was an interview back. I want to say a few years ago. I think when they first announced um, Spider-Man was going to be. Coming back to the MCU, and I think there was an interview with her and Kevin Feige sitting down doing a press junkie interview sort of thing. And I, I remember she said something about Spider-Man possibly turning up into the Sony spin-off films or something like that. Oh my god, Kevin Feige's face, just you can just tell it's like, seriously, you just said that. Because that's what they're trying to do. Like they're 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 and basically what they're saying is, oh no. It's still going to take part in the MCU, but it's not going to take part in the main canon. Yeah. And they pretty much blatantly said uh, that uh, Tom Howard's Spider-Man is the Spider-Man in this this universe. Yeah. So Tom Hardy is your MCU Venom, folks. (laughs) Ain't going to happen. I guarantee you, this film bombs. They're not going to make any notice of it. It's 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 gonna be their Green Lantern. Remember that. <clears throat> I'm trying to forget about that film. <laughs> that film was terrible. I know. Uh, again, it was probably the most successful tie-in in tie-in ad for Hot Wheels in years, though. Um, there was remember that. Uh, there was a hot. There was a Green Lantern. Oh, oh yeah, where he does the con, the, where he turns yeah. into a fucking, where he does the construct of a Hot Most Wheels stuff. racer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let's be honest. At least Mattel got paid hefty for that, so yeah, good yeah, on them. That's, that's what I mean. It was probably the most successful Hot Wheel in movie ad ever, though. So. Yeah, so you know, it is what it is. I mean, it looks awful. Yeah, it looks awful. Now moving on, something probably worse or better, maybe. Um. I, I I'll be honest with with everyone. I I, I I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this, but I quite honestly I don't fucking care. Um, I did not really care all that much for the Deadpool movie. I really oh, did. Really? I really, really did not. 
I just I just found it like um it felt like way too American pie-ish for my tastes and if you kind of like that type of humor fine but to me I kind of find it really annoying I don't like that type of humor like I'm fine with raunchy comedy and I'm and I'm and I'm glad that they were trying to do it I mean I get that that's who, that's what the character is I mean he's a raunchy you know vulgar character but I just don't I wasn't uh, I'm not even going to get into it I I really didn't I don't I didn't care for the first Deadpool movie that being said, this one kind of looks a little bit better. Kinda. I mean, it's the meaning of like me and many other people. But again, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm getting at, basically, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a very good, well, well-made film. Um, I don't think this film. I mean, I'm not as hyped as the first Deadpool film because only because it's like, okay, it's Deadpool. I finally got to see Deadpool in a Deadpool film. I enjoyed it. And the second, now we're getting a second one. I'm like, okay, I've seen Deadpool already. What what new are you going to bring to the table? It's cool to the table. Cool, we're going to get Cable. I I thought the way the trailer, how, how, how we introduced Cable was very well done. And it was in that sort of, Serious tone as Cable is, but then in his tongue-in-cheek moment with um, with um, Deadpool, basically playing with, with a Deadpool toy and a Cable toy, and basically the whole thing was a giant reference to, um, what was it? it, was a whole giant reference to um, Toy Story, because basically they had Deadpool dress up as Woody. And then they had, um, i got to admit, the one bit that did get me laughing quite a bit was the bit when they mentioned about CGI See, see, drawing a hair lip out or something like that. I thought that was quite funny, right? You know, no, I, I did like the fact that they made fun of um, un, his arm being unfinished. Yeah, because you know, clearly, it's, yeah. And and I like that because that that is something a lot of trailers do now. They show us unfinished bullshit, and they expect us to get hyped for it. I'm looking at you, Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> looking at you. Yeah, but uh, that's what I mean. It's you just sit down, you watch it, and you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? And I'm curious. I, I'm still going to see the film where it comes out. Um, I mean, I, I'm actually, honestly, I think this looks a lot better because this one actually looks like it has a much better plot and and actually has a much better supporting cast than the first one did. Which was my main fucking problem with the first one was that there was no fucking supporting cast to play off of Deadpool. It was just Deadpool. And and I'm I mean and that's fine if you like the character, but to me it's like he's he's the only he's the only interesting character in the entire movie, and I'm like this character is over the top and crazy, and he should be surrounded by over the top crazy characters as well, you know, yeah. to give them to give the movie a better a better sense of you know comic book accuracy. But it was just a I just. I get the joke. I get that it's a meta joke about all oh, the 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 plot is generic on purpose and yada yada yada. I get that, but I just think that it would have been a lot funnier if they had like really over the top bullshit villains and had the movie end with like a a climax on a on a on an island or something like that. You know, go all out with it. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, because that's what Deadpool is to me. I think Deadpool works really well when you go over the top with it, and they and they're clearly going over the top with this one and. And to me, it looks a lot better. And 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 I was um, 
skeptical of Josh Brolin's casting at first, but I think he can he can pull this off after seeing him in the trailer. And I, I'm actually curious to see how well how well he and Ryan Reynolds work off each other in in the movie. Yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I thought it was a bit how can I say it was a bit weird tearing a southern cable, but well, that's just again, rolling. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? You got me hyped for for it. I'm looking forward to to seeing Cable. It's a character that should have been on TV. Or film for that matter a long time ago, I feel. But I think the problem with Cable is like he's such a fucking he's stupid, such... he's stupid fucking character when you really think about oh, it. He is one of the hardest characters, I would say. You have to write for, you have to create, and all that sort of stuff. Plus, I mean, he's not really favorable with a lot of fans because he's a, a Rob Liefeld original character. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he pretty much perfected the Liefeld style with the pouches and the giant shoulder pads and all that good shit. Yeah. I mean, and and I think he he works in this type of environment because he's a stupid character and he should be in a fucking stupid movie. And this looks like a really dumb fucking stupid movie. So, you know, I'm hoping it, I mean, it looks a lot more interesting than the first one. Because like I said, I think Cable, uh, Deadpool works a lot better when he's around like um, a lot more other other superheroes. Because when yeah. he's, when it's just him, it's not that funny to me. Yeah. Do you find it funny that basically we got we finally saw stuff with Cable and some new trade stuff, but the one person we haven't seen yet is Domino. Well, we did see her like on the plane. Yeah, for like a second, and she did nothing. But. <laughs> She's there, I guess. Yeah. No, the only good thing, the reason why we got Domo in the film, the only good thing that's come out of it is that we we actually got um, Amy Pascal to go back to Marvel and actually write a mini Domino series. Oh. I think that's probably the only good thing that's happened, putting Domino in this film. I think Domino's, I think the reason why you don't see a lot of, here's the thing with Domino people need to understand, and, and uh, if you have like the Wolverine of the X-Men cartoon on DVD and you listen to the commentaries on those DVDs, the writers admit like Domino was a pain in the ass to write for because their superpower is luck. And how do you fucking yeah. write that into a story? <laughs> yeah, how do you determine the, the outcome of luck? <laughs> I'm not kidding, that's her power. Luck. <laughs> I guarantee you, if they don't, I know it's an obvious joke, but if they don't put the song like "Falling Like Dominoes," "Falling Like Dominoes," I'm going to be pissed. I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually going to be disappointed if they don't do a, a Domino's Pizza joke in there somewhere, because they fucking have to. <laughs> well, just sitting down, just eating, eating pizza, and basically it's from a Domino pizza box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Because, I mean, he, and because, like, he can break the fourth wall, I mean, they could just, he could be just, he, he could just be like, look, we were going to do product placement sooner or later, so why not just do it now? Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff is funny. I mean, you know, I'm not saying, like, Deadpool's a horrible character. He has grown on me over the years. And I and I do think like my my favorite version of Deadpool is when he's written as as a completely insane person and not like a fourth wall breaking character, just as a completely fucking insane person who hears uh, voices in his head. I think that's my favorite incarnation of Deadpool. 
But yeah. I'm fine with the with the modern version as well. I mean, you know, I understand why people like him, but I'm not a big fan of him. If that makes I mean, any I, sense. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Again, again, I do, I do enjoy the tragic clown a- aspect of the character. He is a tragic clown when you look at his whole thing. He's funny, but he, he's a tragic character with 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 a lot of problems and a lot of fears and a lot of worries and stuff like that. I mean. I mean, the, one of the most favourite things I've, I've liked from Deadpool at the moment, uh, from, from the more modern stuff, I've been loving the Spider-Man Deadpool comics at the moment. Because it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek, and then they got all these really good personal stories with the um, with the whole Deadpool character, with working off Spider-Man, like Spider-Man finding out that he does have a daughter sort of thing, but he gave her up for adoption because he knew if he spends the left of his life with him, she she will be a target and she will not live a normal life. And, and I, I did thought, I did like the the one where he died for quote real when with it, with him and his daughter and him you know dying and having like one last hurrah. I thought that was a yeah. really well done story and a great send off for the character. But because yeah. it's Deadpool, he came back. Yeah, I mean it, it was one of these things that you just sit down and there's some really good stories that've been told. Me. And again, the other thing I liked from the Spider Man. Um, Spider-Man, Deadpool run is the um, they did, did you know they tackled the whole Mephisto stuff? Yeah, yeah, it. you told me about that. that. That was amazing. That was so well done, and it was so tongue in cheek, and actually dove into some real good stuff as well. Like, like Spider-Man, basically Deadpool's chewing out Spider-Man, saying what well, gives you the right to play God and stuff like that. Um, you're nothing more than a giant hypocrite. You're telling me if I can, I can't play God when you actually made a deal with the fucking devil. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Someone's finally addressed it. And I like it. Well, I mean, they, they could it's been it's been god knows how many years since that happened and yeah. <laughs> and fans are still complaining they want Mary Jane and Spider Man to get back together. That's never gonna happen. Not in this lifetime. No, you just have to wait some of some of the editors and executive and Dan Slot to relieve Spider Man and that's not gonna Happened for a long time. But again, apparently Dan Slott is supposed to be leaving Spider-Man. Rumored. So. I, I don't think anyone at Marvel really liked Mary Jane to begin with. I thought she, They always thought, oh, she was boring to write for and yada, yada, yada. And, oh, I, I don't want to get into it. I really don't. I'd be here all day if I get into that. Yeah. But again, um, Deadpool trailer, uh, introducing Cable. Very fun... Uh, um, tongue in cheek, funny, and we had that serious moment that we wanted to see from the film as well. And yeah, I, I I'm still looking forward to see the film. I mean, it looks a lot like I said, it looks a lot better than the first one. So, you know, I've this will make you laugh. I'm what's it? I when when I went to see the first Deadpool film, right? I went I went with my fiance, right? My fiance wanted to see the film anyway because she'll try it for it was funny. Um. I don't know how, but basically my fiancé's parents saw saw the trailer of the film and thought it was funny, and they wanted to go and see the film, right? And the bit, um, the we, so we're watching it, we're enjoying it, right? But the one bit that made me crack up personally was the bit when, um, you remember when Deadpool makes the joke about the um, a, Dutch, um, a Dutch oven sort of thing, right? Yeah. I had to, um, when everyone broke out laughing and stuff like that, uh, my fiance's um, mum didn't know what a Dutch oven was. 
So oh. I had, after the film, I had to explain what a Dutch oven was to her, and she was mortified. But was and we were all laughing because she didn't know what it was. But it was it was funny though. Oh, that we is had... that is funny explaining to someone what a fucking fart joke is. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, that's that's the reason why I find that that bit of the film really funny, just because from personal experience, more more than less, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually explain what a fart joke, what what the meaning behind the fart joke was. <laughs> I mean, um, but but, I, but I, I mean, I mean. Well, good, good on you for actually watching an R-rate, a hard R-rated movie with with your with your future uh, mother and father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to see it, so we were, we all went as one big crappy family. We what was it? My fiance's sister and her husband joined us as well. So yeah, it was it was, it was a good family day out. Uh, you got you got you got scenes of um, Deadpool's ass, Ryan Reynolds' bare ass with a fucking what was it stuck up it. Lego, I think, stuck up his ass. Yes, yeah, that was it. <laughs> it was a good family day out. We all went to watch Deadpool, and we all enjoyed it. And the scene with the cab driver, where he, where he's trying to 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 move around, and you actually see his fucking balls. In it. Yep. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I think it's really funny. Like he's picturing like middle aged. Uh, middle aged people watching that that's just hilarious to me I don't know why <laughs> it was fun it was it was a fun day out but I mean I, I don't know whether or not they they want to see the second Deadpool film or not but apparently they they, they might want to see it from, from what they've seen with the trailers but yeah I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm cool to um, see it again and I'm happy with the outcome of the trailer yeah I mean like I said it looks much more fun than the um, than the first one but that's just my opinion um anyway oh what else oh what what else um the rumor uh no i i kind of just i kind of just wanna i'm just looking up over some some stuff real quick just do to do quick bites before we get into bullshit oh god the bullshit the bullshit is the bullshit is one of these sort of bullshits that you sit down you just like really and then, um, wait, have we talked about the Star Wars Han Solo stuff? Yeah, we 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 said it didn't look interesting, and I'm looking at these photos, and oh god! <laughs> and I I I think someone on Tumblr said it best. Someone said like the young Han Solo looks like a, a grown up Denny from the room. <laughs> oh god! Have you have you seen what what that actor looks like now? The guy who plays Denny. From the room, he's actually aged well out of the entire cast. <laughs> that's not that's not a compliment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about solo. I, we, I, I said I still stand by what I said. I, I think it just looks unneeded. Fair enough. I completely forgot we actually did talk about solo. That's, <laughs> that that's, shows that's you how solo. fucking amazing it is, isn't it? I, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, oh, um. Seeing as it's a slow week for 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 news, um, this is what happens when for people who don't know. This is why I like a. This is why I fucking hate media sometimes because whenever there's a slow news day and they have nothing to report, they'll just make up shit. And I know for I know I know this for a fact because last year we had a story break. The DC was gonna do an, uh, a standalone Joker movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, 
And when that turned out to be bullshit, did any of those people apologize who broke that story? Nope. <laughs> Not a single one. And now oh, they're boy. back at it. Like, they're still try A year later, they're still trying to... To tell us, oh, no, no, we were wrong. It's still going to happen, but instead of Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, it's it's Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is going to be playing the Joker. And I'm like, give it a fucking rest, guys. Like, you guys are so fucking desperate for any sort of news that you're willing to make shit up. And I think my favorite one is the quote-unquote news, and I use this term very fucking loosely here, of Michael Bay directing a Lobo movie. It's like you guys really had to reach hard for that one because of all the of all the names tossed around for for spin-offs and 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 um and uh what 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 not for um DC property movies Lobo was never one of them. I've heard Nightwing get mentioned, I've heard Batgirl get mentioned. But I've never heard Lobo up until now for some fucking weird reason. I didn't even know DC was considering doing a Lobo movie. But apparently they are and apparently Michael Bay has been approached to direct it. Even though there are no fucking sources to confirm this. No official source from WB or or DC or anyone associated with Bay or, um, or, or, or his parent company have confirmed this but apparently it's going to happen because because someone knew like someone quote unquote said said so and it's apparently news okay i totally believe that i i totally fucking believe that okay yeah sure sure yeah uh-huh if you can't tell someone's basically saying i smell bullshit in the room here <laughs> Because I'm I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this shit. Every time, every time like a major movie comes out, or every time like they are desperate for fucking news, they just keep making shit up. And I said this on Twitter: the only two DC movies that are being made that are in that are I know for a fucking fact are in pre-production are Aquaman and Shazam. Every, any other news that comes out uh, on a quote future DC property is bullshit. Okay, and if you believe any of this shit, then you're an idiot. I'm sorry, it really does piss me off because I'm tired of people running around on fucking social media claiming that this shit is fact without any proof. And need I remind you that these same fucking people reported that um. That Wonder Woman was an unwatchable mess. Remember that? Remember that fucking story? And how truthful that turned out to be? Nope. And now we have people reporting, um... Uh, what was it? Black Panther is gonna be like a Shakespearean movie? What? <laughs> what are you... God. And, and, and during the time of this recording, that film's gonna come out in two days' time here in the UK. Yeah, and so, um, look for our review of that. I'm, I'm gonna go see that, and I'm gonna judge for myself because that the reviews for that are just complete bullshit, <laughs> as far as I we can wait. tell. 
Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like, um, let's promote my two cents here in the Lobo film. It's, um, let's just take this as, let's say, for instance, if it was true. Let's just say it's true. Just, 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 just for the sake of what I'm about to say next. I can understand, for instance, if the film was made because they're trying to do the exact same thing they did with Deadpool over 20th Century Fox with DC, with logical sense, if you're going to do it with Lobo. If you can do it with any character, Lobo is the ideal character. But the problem is with Lobo. Lobo's one of these characters that works better working off other characters. And, it's and the that same is the death. biggest problem. And when you think of Lobo, I can't tell you from from night or rain or whatever you want to say, how you want to put it. I can't name you one villain from the from the, any of the Lobo run. I know he fought Superman at some points, and I know he's got in a fight with practically almost every single member of the Justice League at some point in it in that character's lifespan and its its career. And he fought Santa in a Christmas special. Oh God, he did, yeah. Jeez, I thought I forgot about that. Again, that book was funny though. Yeah, I mean, he the, is, the, end, the end of that was funny. I mean, he's been a serious character, a comedy character, and and a, an in between character. He's a character I don't think you can translate into film. I really don't. And I love Lobo to death. I think he's a great character, but the problem is he's not Deadpool. He is not Deadpool. He's not this guy who breaks the fourth wall. He's not this um He's 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 an alien. I mean, he's a, he's an alien biker who's a bounty hunter. And it's yeah. like I understand like that can work for a sci-fi movie, but if they want to go for like a Deadpool style movie, no, nah, I can't really see that. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's I, mean, I think the only time I think when the Lobo film when it actually did Lobo and they filmed it and it worked was the um God, do you remember back years and years ago? I want to say it was like the early 2000s, late 90s or something like that. They did a, a fan-made film of Lobo when they based it off that Christmas book. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that way back in early, the early days of the internet. This is going way back, I think, 2000, yeah. 2006. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Early, early crappy quality YouTube <laughs> videos that... <laughs> yeah. And that was actually done well. For anyone who wants to see it, just look it up online. It was actually done reasonably well to some extent. But... Yeah, but that was a short. I can't yeah, imagine exactly, like a, yeah. a two-hour Lobo movie. I, I can't. I can't see it. Lobo is a character. I don't think you bring him to the big screen um, again. I can't say it won't work because they've proven time and time again with a bunch of different characters. You can adapt and you can do them well. But at the same time. But I like, like a, I mean, I'm I'm speaking as a like a long time DC fan. I mean, everyone who knows yeah. me knows I'm a DC fan, and I love these characters. Yeah. And I, and I love Lobo. I think Lobo is a fucking fantastic character. He's one of the best DC characters of all time. But coming from me, I don't think he can translate well into film. I just I cannot see it. This is what I think. I think Lobo can be translated from, but this is the problem with with, with Lobo. I feel will happen. DC will not fully commit to the character when it comes to adapting it to a film properly. 
I I, I mean, and that's another and another thing is like I understand like the other care. I I just I I know this is bullshit because again, all the other characters that they are getting like spinoff spinoff movies allegedly are all street vigilantes, and those yeah. work because again street vigilantes are well easy to write for. And they can translate well into to other medias, but Lobo, I don't think we ever got a live action Lobo in anything other than on the, other than that fan movie. Yeah. No, I mean by this point they want to do a Lobo film, they might as well do a straight to DVD animated film. Well, they might as well. Do I, you remember I, back in? Do you remember back in the early two thousands they did a Lobo flash animation cartoon? Which is, which is impossible to find these days. Good luck finding that. You, there is places you can find it. I know there's some places you can find it, but you can't find the whole type thing. You are correct in that. You can you can't find the entirety of it though online. It's just one of those uh, lost media's. It really is. I mean, you can find the entire Gotham, Gotham, <coughs> Gotham City Sirens series that they did back in in like after in in 2000, but you cannot find the Lobo uh, animated Flash series. Yeah. Though, I mean, you can find some of the episodes, but you can't find the entire run. So, basically, if you want, want to watch every single episode, that's impossible. I mean, you know? he, he's... I, I like Clobo, but I just... I cannot see him translate well into film on his own. Not without a, not without a really strong supporting cast. Because, again, he's not Deadpool. He cannot really carry a mo- an entire movie on his own. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, so. Enough bullshit. <laughs> enough bullshit. Yeah, she got some bad news. What? The Incredibles. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Incredibles 2. Um, well, they, 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 they showed us some footage from the Olympics. Yeah. But I mean, I mean the trailer, the trailer doesn't drop until two days from now from this recording. So, whoops! <laughs> this is the curse for us to record recording early. I'm sorry, but I I usually try to to record these episodes really early because I I have work and and whatnot, and I have a sorry. life outside the internet. People, okay, I'm sorry. God, I'm trying to explain explain to that. I had to explain to that to someone recently. They still haven't fucking got the hint. <laughs> Not going to name names on this, but yeah, still. Um, so again, yeah. I, I'm sorry if we don't cover everything. So, but I'm, I'm I wanted to cover Incredibles two for a while now, and and uh, well, I mean, we we got new posters. Yay. <laughs> Posters look cool. I say that much. Uh, I mean, at I least mean, they're creative and not like generic logos or generic, um, a generic uh, family photo or something like that with all the characters. That's ugh. again, it's, it's only taken what is it like fifteen years for a sequel to come out? I can't believe I'm saying it's been fifteen years. It looks weird watching those character models in, in high def animation. High def animation now, doesn't it? A little, but. I, I think they can still work. Because from, from the footage I've, I've seen, it, it it's very uncanny valley, <laughs> especially with um with Helen. Helen looks Helen really looks... fucking weird in this. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that um, Brad Bryan has come uh, back. Uh, Brad to, Bird. Brad Bird, I mean, sorry. My, my, my bad. Brad Bird has come back to do this. I'm happy to see him doing it again because he's done fantastic stuff for Pixar's in the past. Again, he did the first Incredibles. He, he's done Ratatouille. And also, he's worked for Warner Brothers when he did the 1999 um, Iron Giant film, you know? And um, he was a writer on The Simpsons during the Golden Age. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, he's a really competent person and he's a really talented guy. And I'm glad that they're finally, finally getting around to do this. Because, you know, originally this film was supposed to be out before Cars 3. Yeah, but Brad Bird had other projects to work on. Unfortunately, yeah, that was the case. And also, Disney wanted to push Cars because they wanted to sell more Cars product. Yay! <laughs> but again, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Cars 3 is probably the best car, car film to date. I'm I'm shocked um, that didn't get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> Again, Pixar we got a better film that came out came out this year already. It was called Coco. <laughs> like that. <coughs> now, that's the interesting thing about Pixar. It's like they released like Cars Three, which is a massive piece of shit, and then they released Coco, which is a fantastic fucking movie. Their best movie in goddamn years. Yeah. That Coco and, film is actually beautiful. In 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 the same spe- in in the same year, like they released like one of their worst movies and their best movie to date. I yeah. think Coco is up there with like my, it's my second favorite Pixar movie next to Incredibles. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a fantastic film, Coco. Um, but yeah, I I'm interested to see where they're gonna go with Incredibles. I'm curious to see because it, it's it, I think it's I'm glad that they waited. Just on the premise of how big superheroes are now in the medium. Well, I mean, so I, I think I think really the only thing, I think the only I think the only thing that really disappoints me is I'm gonna have to get used to the new voice of Dash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, again, it's been 15 years. You can't really get the original voice back. I know, but uh, it's got, it sounds different. I mean, I understand, like you know, it, it, it's always gonna be. It's been 15 years. What do you want? So you want like a guy, a kid to come back who's like age 15 years of voice again? It's like, hey, how you, hey guys, how you doing? And it's like, wait, that's what happened to you? Gone through puberty. What do you mean gone through puberty? It's, it's, it's only been like a month. Yeah, but you know, like 15 years. And everyone turns slow and you look at the camera. Well, I mean, everyone aged eventually. I mean, Frozone, um, Samuel L. Jackson's voice has not aged well in recent years because he yells a lot. <laughs> But again, with the, hurts but, again, but again, that's why we love him. Again, I've ever told you the interview he did for um, BBC Radio, uh, BBC Radio Two. No, you have when not. He was, oh God, right! It was back when he was promoting Snakes on a Plane, right? Uh, two thousand six. Uh, yeah, so around about two thousand six. Well, the interviewee from BBC Radio Two basically sat down with him and was like, "Right, what can you tell? So, what is the?" What is the plot of the film? Sarah Jackson, I swear you not, you can hear, you can just, like, listen to radio, you can just hear the utter stupidity that question was when he basically, he uttered the words, what do you think the film about? It's about a bunch of snakes on a plane. <laughs> oh my, oh my God, genius. <laughs> because it's like, can you tell us what is the film? And it's like, 
it's in the title. It's a HR thing. What, what more you need to know of? <laughs> oh god, I remember watching that movie in a theater, and I just, I just loved it. It was a fun experience. It, not, be, not because was, the, not not because the movie was good. No, the movie was fucking god awful. But the the audience I saw it with was having a, the best time of their goddamn lives. <laughs> it was. It's one of those films that is so bad it's good. I know. And, well, it, it, and it had some of the, some of Samuel Jackson's best. Oh, like, uh, I actually I actually own the DVD and listened to the commentary with Samuel L. Jackson. I think one of my favorite lines is him going, uh, "Snake on a tit is coming up right now." Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that film is amazing. Again, that film is just amazing because of just all the stuff that came out from it. it oh my god! That again, it, it, even the viral marketing for it and the um, the cult following that developed because of that film was amazing. Like, they knew the movie was stupid. They knew it was bullshit, but they're like, yeah, let's just go with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those rare cases when they said, well, this film's not going to be fantastic, but you know what? Let's own that the fact that we know it's going to be a giant train wreck, you know? And like I said, if you, <laughs> I, like I said, you should just buy the DVD just to listen to the fucking commentary with Samuel L. Jackson because he was having the fucking time of his life recording that commentary. <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever listened to the TV friendly version of Snakes on a Plane? Oh, I've had with these monkey fighting, one monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> yeah, let's open some damn windows. <laughs> About to open some freaking windows. <laughs> um, again, that that whole line is like enough is enough. I'm down. I'm. I'm. What was it? I'm trying to fuck. I can't remember. It goes now. I've had, I've had with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking play. Motherfucking play. <laughs> Let's open some goddamn fucking windows. <laughs> Again, that, that film was just terribly bad. I, now I just realize. I just realized my fiance is scared of snakes. Might need to keep her away from that film. <laughs> I, I just and it's even funnier when you realize um, Keenan Thompson is one of the passengers on that movie. Yeah. <laughs> And if you and if you grew up in the nineties and 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 you ever wanted to see a crossover between Keenan and Gale and Samuel L. Jackson, well, there you fucking go. Oh my god! Have you? All right, um, I just 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 remind me now. Um, did you ever saw the? Um, it's only just broke recently that um, Keenan and Gale actually reunited recently. Actually, filmed a new episode of Keenan and Gale. Did they really? Yeah, seriously, it happened recently, <laughs> very, very recently. Literally, put in the search, and it will be one of the top search searches at the moment. Apparently, they got back together to do like a sketch of Kenny and Cal. I think they did that years ago with Good Burger. Like they did a Good no, Good Burger sketch. They, no, they did um, actual Kenny and Cal one, more recent one than that. I'm just, I'm looking this up now. Yeah, I mean, it's only happened just recent, not long ago. Oh, they reunited on. <laughs> you see what I mean? I I kind of feel sorry for Kel. I mean, he his his career just never took off as Keenan because Keenan Keenan at least had like uh, SNL to to go on, but Kel yeah. just uh, he oh, he's, he's he's still working for Nickelodeon. Oh, and that's sad. Oh. Oh good. Um, you that now speaking of Nickelodeon. I know this is going off topic again, but um, did you hear um 
someone someone who'd been with the company for over 20 years has left actually oh left yeah but chartman left yeah i wasn't expecting that i really was not expecting that like oh i follow him on social media and youtube and everything and i'm actually a big fan of his and when i heard that i was like oh wow what did they do to to upset him i i think he just realized his time was over like because he's been there for 20 years and his shows aren't going anywhere and he's no longer a big draw and honestly I, i'm actually shocked that he he left because i actually thought he sold his soul to the fucking devil because he everyone else with, that was ever with nickelodeon left except him he just stayed there for Two was fucking last... decades. Two goddamn okay. decades. It was the last holdout out of all the original creators there. And I, yeah. I think he just realized that he's much more happier just doing YouTube shit. Yeah. And also, he got that new, was it, comic book that's supposed to be coming out called Elf Detective. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. Because oh, quite... God. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't take that seriously because someone's no, going to... He's... Again, he's, he's not... He's not um... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not advertising it as being a serious thing, though. He's advertising it as be, being like a comedy. I know, but at the same time, I just I think it's hilarious that his um his main character looks like Xander from Drawn Together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think that's fucking hilarious. But I it shocked me because like I like I said I don't I did not expect him to leave. I really didn't because he's been there for more than any other creator with the company and i i i mean fairly fairly odd parents is dead like it's it's not it's not going to continue on without him there's no point yeah and also was it bunsen is a beast which was his new show again it did all right i think that that got zero fucking fanfare zero fanfare yeah it didn't it didn't do as well as he was hoping for and i think he even admitted it on the um Thing. He's like, yeah, he just sounded so fucking disappointed when talking about it. Yeah, I I think he just realized that he he just wasn't happy with um on on Nick because um it's just been it was just so long and and he's what like in his fifties now and how yeah. long are you gonna keep yeah. doing this? Again, uh, there was a really good uh, what is it because he he's got a podcast and everything like called um Speech Bubble. And um, he, uh, he's, it's actually a really good podcast. I've, I've listened to quite a few of the episodes, and he's had like different people who worked in the industry, and also, um, also been voice actors in the industry and stuff like that. And the most recent one he did, I saw he had. Um, oh god, I'm, I'm going to kick myself now because I cannot remember his name. Just slipped my mind. He's done. He's been in the industry for years. He's done. Um, Michelangelo in the most recent TMNT stuff. Oh, um, Greg Sipes. No, it's Mike. No, not Michelangelo. Donatello. That's it. Uh, Sorry, Rob, my bad. Rob, Rob Paulson. <laughs> yeah, he had Rob Paulson in it, and they were talking about um, about the art of basically starting up a podcast. And basically, um, Butch Harmon did say to him when he was speaking on the street, you were kind of the influence for me to do a podcast myself because you were one of the very first people in our industry that sort of did a podcast and actually got it to a big enough stage. And he was talking about it, and he did mention something quite interesting. He basically um, 
when when they said Rob Paulson said that he started the podcast because he felt a dip in his career when um, he wasn't getting much work and stuff like that, like he used to. So yeah, he started. He was, the pod- he was getting really old, and once you get old, you you don't get as much work as you do. And I think yeah. I think he even admitted it, like in the first episode of his podcast way back um, when he uploaded it back in 2012. Oh, what now? It wasn't 2012. It was earlier than that. Yeah, it was very early. It was like, it's like over six years ago now. Oh, uh, t- 2011. Sorry, 2011. Yeah. He, he uploaded and said, okay, I'm just going to do something for fans who, of mine who wanted to know uh, about my career and, and voice acting and all that shit in general. And it, it evolved. It went from a podcast to a live show. And now, and it's, now, now, it's, for... and now it's back to to being a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, the, the thing that was so cool about it was that He's actually now making a career out of it, and I think because of him doing that show, he ended up getting back into doing more voice acting stuff now again, and even getting even again. I, I, even with him, basically, he's not doing a lot of voice acting stuff, but he managed to get back in the industry to get recognised again. But now he's moving on to be a voice actor director, you know, and that's pretty cool, you know. I mean, his career pretty much came full circle. Yeah. And um, I think that's the same sort of way. I think this is essentially what's going to happen to Butch Hart- Hartman in that sense. I've got a feeling it's going to be very, very similar career-wise because at the moment. Because a lot more people know him from his YouTube stuff now than they do his actual work. And if and if that's the and if that's the direction he wants to go in, then fine. I mean, I'm personally not a fan of his. I mean, he hasn't. He was never really a, um, a creator I followed all that much, and I, and I always thought he was like one of the. I wouldn't say weaker. I would just say less interesting cartoonists that came out of that era for me. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's fair enough. Again, it's Cause, like cause he, I, he, just, he just got overshadowed by like people like Gendy and 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 Craig McCracken, who I think yeah. put out much better work in my opinion than he did. That, yeah, that's that's fair enough. I I can totally understand that. He is from that generation of animators that when when you look at it, damn, there were some really good people in that generation. <laughs> Of animators, you, you know, there was some really good animators that went on to do very big stuff, you know. Oh, and a lot of people don't know this, but Seth MacFarlane was originally an, um, a Cartoon Network uh, employee. Yeah. He worked on Johnny Bravo. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. And he's, and, and he's um, friends with Hartman as well, so. There's, there's, there's that really funny joke I always loved. Um, what is it? I think um, Butch Hartman mentioned it, has, has mentioned it as well. Uh, when he worked worked with Stephen Farland, basically he always joked that the first few episodes of um, Family Guy were written from stolen pens of from the Johnny Bravo um, days. You know. I, I do love the fact that that um, when um, when uh, Adam West passed away. He posted a picture of uh, a behind-the-scenes photo of Adam West and the entire cast of Johnny Bravo when he came came to record for Johnny Bravo. Yeah, that was and that was good. amazing because that's like a lost piece of his fucking history right there that just was lost forever. I thought. Yeah, because there's. I mean, there's it's, some... it's so rare to find any behind-the-scenes stuff from from that era of cartoons. Oh god, yeah, and you know that's why I'm kind of glad with Butch Hartman actually doing all this YouTube stuff now because he's been in the industry for so long. You you know for a fact he's probably got tons and tons of memorabilia, tons of stories, tons of 
behind the scenes photos and God knows what else that, you know, you guarantee one day he's going to upload it again. Was it, he uploaded the, a deleted scene from, uh, channel chasers, <coughs> not, not so long ago. And it's like a long lost forgotten <coughs> clip and stuff like that. And it basically was rumored that it was supposed to be in there, but then he uploaded to prove that it was meant to be there. And I thought, okay, that's cool. You know, we, if, if creators do go in this outlet and they do upload pieces of work that has not been seen for years or that was deleted reels or whatever, you know, it's cool to see this stuff, you know, what was it? I can't remember. It was the creator who worked on, what was it? Thundercats, um, uploaded the outtakes from the Thundercats, um, recordings. Have you ever heard those outtakes? Yeah, those, those are like one of the first internet legends of old. Yeah. We're basically then basically swearing and basically say, what? fuck am i reading you know it was like really funny stuff and it was cool to see stuff like that and, you know and in most recent cases someone actually found um the old really old voice deleted recordings of the old uh, transformers cartoon oh god seriously yeah I, you, you can oh my god i've got to see you those look that up it's on it's on it's on youtube lost audio g1 lost audio I, and and you and it's great because you actually hear uh, the late Wally Burr directing a couple of voice actors in those oh, wow. recordings, and it just—it's like holy shit! There's like the holy fucking grail. <laughs> I've got to listen to that now after this, but um, oh my god, yeah. Again, again I, I, I love listening to stuff like that because I've always been into history, always loved that sort of stuff, and uh, that's why I'm glad people like Butch Hop and, and other people who work in the industry are uploading stuff and talking about this stuff now and it's really fascinating again cool, cool, both you and me we both grew up as kids and teenagers watching their stuff and now they're they're basically moving on with their careers they've got, they've got a big massive social platform now they're actually sitting down and talking about what it was like and actually showing you stuff that was behind the scenes and stuff like that you, you know i think it's really cool and and i do think that 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 to me, I, I don't want to get like into sentiment, sentimentality, but to me, I think I will always say this to anyone who who says, "Where did my love for animation come from?" My love for animation came from a little show called Dexter's Lab. Oh, uh, that was a good show. Yeah, that that to me was like the first animated series I watched that made me want to go. You know what? I want to I want to be creative. I want to create my own stuff like that and. And I've followed Gendy ever since. I think Gendy is like one of my main inspirations when it comes to my my writing and my creativity and and all that good shit. And it, and it's funny looking back at at all these and all at all these um and all these things and all these memories and then you just kind of wonder, wow, where did all where, where did the time fly? You know. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. It's again, we are getting a bit sentimental here because we're talking about stuff of the old and from our generation, you know, and it's it's cool that basically that basically now we've got these digital platforms with people that can actually sit down watch this stuff and get, get to learn about it again with, with newer people sitting down they can learn about stuff how Richie used to be like and how it was like when we were kids and stuff like that. Again, it's just like more recently I know this is a really, really bizarre one, but again um there was a um, there was a UK show which was it was like the UK equivalent of Sesame Street was called Rainbow. You ever heard about this? Yeah, yeah. So long story short, um, there was a clip I saw recently of it. I've literally, funny enough, as for time this recording, I just seen seen it today. 
um, because I was looking up about film media and stuff like that because of some reason. I'm not going to get into the reason why, but basically I was looking up about film, um, television history and film history, and I discovered about this um, museum that had all this archive stuff, old television stuff. And one of the stuff they had on display was um, Sippy and Bongo from Rainbow. And then I was looking up about the history of it on um, online. And did you know there was um, apparently... I don't know when they filmed it, but it was somewhere along the line when they were filming it. They did a obvious obvious sketch of it to make an adult version of it. Yeah, that, I, a lot of people confuse that with an actual episode, but it actually turns out it was just a joke that they did that they thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and they filmed it, and it leaked. Um, someone found it, and they put it online. Now, I've only just seen it recently. The whole opening joke has Sippy basically peeling a banana and say one skin, two skin, three skin, and before he says the fourth one, he gets interrupted. And I thought, okay, you, you know what? That's funny. <laughs> I like playing without twangers. <laughs> yeah. When I saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> Literally, the video read, "How to ruin your childhood." <laughs> Genius. I. I... I, I mean, it's just seeing stuff like that, the behind-the-scenes stuff and jokes like that, and like all this different memorabilia stuff. For seeing that, that's why I really do enjoy. Um, I'm seeing all this stuff now, you know. Well, yeah, because it's it's stuff you thought was lost forever and was never coming back, and stuff you didn't know existed, but it did, it does, and it's just amazing that the. I mean, we take this shit for granted, really do. Like, we take... Like, the internet has pretty much brought back media that we thought was going to be lost forever. Yeah. That, that we just we thought we would never get to see again. Like, same thing with, like, me and... With, with most television shows nowadays, where... Oh, a show might might not come out on physical media. Well, it will come out on streaming. Yeah. And you'll find, you'll find it again. Yeah, and even before streaming, again, um, there was one little site that actually dedicated to trying to bring back old media to a uh, media platform was Shout Factory. They're probably the earliest incarnation I can think of that actually tried to campaign to get all this old material stuff onto a media platform so more modern-day people can see it, you know? Yeah. Even before the digital services got as big they are now but again like i said digital platforms are so big now you can put almost anything on there now and be like well here we go this is what i used to watch when i was a uh, when i was a kid again to give you an idea um well i work basically i was just sitting down doing my work stuff and one of the people i have to help um basically one of the people who needs to support in my workplace uh long story short they were sitting down watching power rangers and it wasn't like the newest Power Rangers. It was the original OG Power Rangers. You know, and it was on Netflix. And I'm like, and I was just thinking to myself, he can watch any Power Ranger he wants, but he's watching the original one I watched when I was four years old. And keep in mind, back back a couple of years ago, it was damn near hard to find any Power Ranger series on, 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 on physical media. Much less streaming, but because you know, lines when Lionsgate brought back the rights, Shout Factory was like, you know, can we get the home distribution deals for the original series? And they're like, yeah, sure, and they released them. 
and they were quite popular. Yeah. <laughs> Very popular indeed. Yeah, so, I mean, and now you can just easily go to Netflix and find any Power Rangers series you want. All yeah. of them are there. And that's just Absolutely. that's just kind of the shit we take for granted. Yeah. And again, this is why I feel that, um, going back to the Butch Hartman thing, I think that's why um, it's... I mean, it's not cool to see him leave Nickelodeon because, again, he's been there for 13 years. It's kind of sad to see an end of era sort of thing. But, again, it's cool to see him leave because now he can go off to new, new projects and he can release more content now. And, it was, and it's cool to see people like him releasing all this old content and doing all these interviews and doing these stuff. It's cool to see any of these old creators um, do all these stuff and things like that, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's like... It... If you if you grew up during that era, or you or if you um, were a teenager back then, you kind of you kind of have that sentimental value attached to these to these people, and and you follow their work, and you're like, okay, well, what, what they're doing, what are they doing now? And then you find out, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Oh, it's, you know. I mean, this is the, that's why so many people got so hyped when Samurai Jack was coming back, and it was being done by Genji. To just give a modern day example of it, you know. Well, yeah, because that's his thing. You know, that yeah. was his. That was his. That was his magnum opus. I think to this yeah. day, you know, and I, yeah. I still think it's the best thing he's ever done. As yeah. much as I love Dexter, let's be honest, Samurai Jack is his his magnum opus, and I don't think he'll yeah. ever do anything as 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 spectacular as that. <laughs> you know. Like, Again, it's like, again, it's just, just to show, again, we did a whole entire, what is it, about a good solid few months reviewing every single episode of Samurai Jack well, yeah, um, of the was, new and, show. And that was amazing. That, was a, that yeah. was a fun period last year. Yeah. And there we go. <laughs> and we gone completely off topic, but oh well. <laughs> we found an interesting topic. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's that's enough sentimentality enough and enough rambling. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.